after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guard shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead and indeed is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Easter Sunday the holiest day of the Christian year, the day when we gather to remember the empty tomb that Jesus has risen from the grave, that God has overcome death. But often when we come on Easter Sunday, we come as if to remember what happened 2,000 years ago. We come and we think we will commemorate what happened way back in Jerusalem. But Easter Sunday is the day when we should take hold of the message of the empty tomb and live our lives as people of the resurrection. The message is one to us of living in light of God having overcome the world. But to understand really the message of how we are to live here and now, we do have to go back to that first Easter. You know, you, you can imagine these women Friday, there they were, standing at a distance from the cross, watching as Jesus was crucified and died, taken from the cross, and his body laid in a tomb. These were women who had followed him, who had believed in him, who knew he was the Messiah. And now as they look at this scene on Good Friday, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to live. They don't know what comes next. This was for them the very worst 
possible thing imaginable. I know that many in here have had those days when such tragedy strikes our lives that we find ourselves saying, I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to do now. I don't know how I will live. And it's the Sabbath. You know, in the Jewish tradition on the Sabbath, you can do no work. And back then, the, the rules, the restrictions from the laws were so incredibly strong that all they could do that day after Jesus had died was to stay in the house and wait. Wait for the Sabbath to be over. Wait for the first dawning of the light. Wait so that they could go to the empty tomb and grieve. They must have spent that whole Saturday weeping and grieving and, and, and in complete and total despair. But on the first day of the week, on Sunday as the first rays of sunlight began to peek out, the women now could leave the house. They make their way to the tomb because in the Jewish tradition, you grieve for seven days. They're going to grieve for seven days at the tomb of Jesus. They're going to grieve the worst thing that has ever happened in their lives. And then... When they get to the tomb, there is an earthquake. The ground shakes. The great rumbling happens. This angelic being appears, rolls the stone from the tomb, and then begins to sit there on it. I don't know about you, but if I was one of those women, I would be flabbergasted. I would be speechless. I would be so taken aback. I, I would be like, I wouldn't know what to say, to do. And, and every emotion under the sun would be running through my body. Hope and fear and trembling and excitement and possibility. And could this be true? There they stand. And this angel of the Lord, looks at them and begins to speak. This, this angel has for these women two basic messages. And guess what? When we get to the end and we get to Jesus and their encounter with Jesus, the same two messages come out of Jesus' mouth. If you didn't get it the first time, you get it the second. Because the first thing that the angel says to them is, do not be afraid. You know, the soldiers have fallen over in fear and they're frozen on the ground. But the angel looks at the women, the followers of Jesus, those who have believed that Jesus is the Messiah. And he says, do not be afraid. Did you know, now I've never counted, but in the scriptures it says, do not be afraid or fear not, 
365 times. There is a do not be afraid in the Bible for every day of the year. It, it, it is one of God's most important messages to those who believe do not be afraid. And in this moment, God has overcome the world. You know, at the very beginning of the Jesus story, an angel comes to Mary and says, what? Do not be afraid. And here at the end of Jesus' story, an angel comes to the women and says, what? Do not be afraid. There is a powerful message in, in it for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ. Do not be afraid. No matter what you might think is the worst possible thing, God will overcome it. Jesus crucified on the cross? No, God has raised him from the dead and he is alive. In all those places in our lives where we may feel like we are dead, where we may feel like we have no hope, where we might feel like there is no future, God says the tomb is empty. He is risen. Yeah. We have life. God has overcome the worst thing. It is never, ever the last thing. Do not be afraid, O oh people of the resurrection. And then there is a second word. The angel says, of course, he is not here. He has risen. But then the angel says to them, now go. Go to Galilee. Go. Galilee is, is, is a place that they're so familiar with. Galilee is an ordinary place. Galilee is a place where they have always been together and gathered. It's a place they know so well. It's not the high holy temple. It's not someplace strange. It's the everyday place that they are so familiar with. And Jesus will be in the everyday place. The angel says, go. Go and you will see him. The angel's message is simple. Do the things he has taught you to do. Go to the places he has sent you. Act in a way that you have been taught to act. And you will see him. When I uh, was teaching at TCU in Fort Worth, my colleague Joey Jeter used to tell a story about when he was in seminary at TCU. Now, this would have been 50 years ago. And on one Friday, he was headed out to East Texas to a retreat center for a spiritual retreat for the weekend. And so he got up that morning, and back then, Fort Worth really was a cow town. It really didn't have much. And right across from the university, there was a tiny diner. And the owner of the diner was the cook of the diner, was the cashier of the diner, was the cleaner of the diner. You get the picture. It was a very tiny place. So Joey goes over and he gives his $2 and gets his eggs and bacon and toast, and he sits down and he starts to eat. 
And in comes this scruffy, kind of rough-looking guy, and he comes up to the counter, and he says to the owner, please, sir, I'm, I'm hungry. Can you give me something to eat? And the owner says, no, you bum, get out of here. Go on. So Joey, watching this, he says, I, I got up, and I put two bucks on the counter, and I said, give the man some food. And Joey finished eating, and then left and got in the car, drove for two hours out to the retreat center, stowed his stuff in the cabin, and then they were all together in this outdoor chapel to worship together. So Joey says, I went down there and, and I sat down and I looked at the altar, and there above the altar was this drawing of Jesus. And he says, I was stunned. It looked exactly like the scruffy man I'd seen in the diner that morning. And Joey said, I was so overwhelmed. I was so flabbergasted by what I was seeing. He said, I got up. I left the retreat center. I drove two hours back to Fort Worth, and I spent the rest of the day driving up and down streets looking for that man. He says, I never saw him again. Joey says that on that day, because he had lived in a way that Jesus would ask him to, because he fed someone who was hungry, because he had a little bit of generosity, because he believed in Jesus that he believes he had seen the risen Christ in the flesh that day. You know, when we go, when we do, when we live the life that Jesus has taught us to live, when we follow him, when we expect to see him everywhere we go in everyone we see, we will see the risen Christ in our own lives, and more than that, we will be a Christ to others. We will be Jesus Christ, the body of Christ in a world that is hurting and suffering and in need and hungry and lonely and in despair. Our job is to live out of the empty tomb, to live in a way that knows fear, get out of here. Jesus has risen from the grave. We live in a way that says, go and you will see him because the tomb is empty and Jesus is walking ahead of us. People of God here and now, we can live out of that resurrection. That is our calling as people who follow Jesus. Because we know, we know that the worst possible thing is never the last thing. That Jesus has overcome the grave. And we have hope, and we have life, and we have love. Alleluia, people of God, alleluia, he is risen, risen indeed. Go, and you will see him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.